This is an intriguing little reading. I think it divides itself fairly neatly in two parts. Verses 7 and 8, where all of the second person pronouns are plural, it's a you all, and which enunciates, if not general principles, then a broader sort of look at a situation. And then verses 9 through 11, which outline certain practices, negative and positive, they're noteworthy because each of those is individual. The one who says, the one who loves, the one who hates, and so forth. If there is a hard part to this text, it seems to me it's in verse 8. Verse 7 is straightforward. It's not a new commandment, but an old one, something that we, you, have had from the beginning, the word we all have heard. Logos as message, gospel, and I'm sure as also the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. Verse 8 is a bit more complex because the commandment actually is in some way new. And the truth of this newness resides in him, that is in Christ, and in you all. Because or in that the darkness is passing away and the true light is already appearing. And that, I think, is where the difficulty lies. Because it is hard to see that the darkness is being overcome by the light. My wife and I took our seven-year-old grandson on vacation a couple of weeks ago. We read aloud at bedtime, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Perhaps you recall how winter gave way to spring when Aslan had returned to Narnia. There just doesn't seem to be anything quite like that in my frame of reference. The people on the Gulf Coast of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, do they see light overtaking darkness or spring displacing winter? And a couple of the earlier in this year catastrophes in Haiti and Chile, which seem to have disappeared from our news pages, I wonder whether they see light and spring. In a 1998 essay titled In Distrust of Movements, Wendell Berry declared his dissatisfaction with movements to promote soil conservation or clean water or clean air or wilderness preservation or sustainable agriculture or community health or the welfare of children. Even though he is in favor of all those things, he disputed the likelihood that movements could achieve any of them. He even rejected his own tongue-in-cheek, nameless movement for better ways of doing because he feared it would become the NMBWD and acquire a headquarters and a budget and an inventory of t-shirts covered with language that in a few years would be mere spelling. Do we imagine that movements in the church or strange alphabetic concoctions like the BRTFSSG actually can achieve the claims they make for accepting them and their proposals? I have serious doubts. I think the apostle understood this when he shifted to singular forms in verses 9 through 11, the one who says, the one who loves, the one who hates. In another essay, this one from about 1975, Barry argued that institutional solutions necessarily fail to solve the problems to which they are addressed. 
because by definition they cannot consider the real causes. The only real, practical, hope-giving way to remedy the fragmentation that is the disease of the modern spirit, and perhaps also, I think, of the postmodern spirit, is a small and humble way. A way that a government or agency or organization or institution will never think of, though a person may think of it. One must begin in one's own life the private solutions that can only in turn become public solutions. The private solution that can in turn become public in this morning's reading is this. The one who loves his brother remains in the light and there is no scandal, no stumbling in him. The old and yet still new commandment is love Old because it has been part of the received word for a very long time, love God, love your neighbor. New because in our Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God has been made manifest. He loves us without reservation and his love is light and life. And as that truth takes hold in us, we love and in turn darkness passes away and true light begins to shine. In his email Meyer Minutes, Dale Meyer has been mulling over the question, why go to church? He's been considering that question mostly, I think, from the perspective of Sunday worship. In the context of today's reading, however, going to church has to do also with how the church, in its individual believers like you and me, shows the truth of the true light's appearing. We go to church to receive God's gifts in the word and sacrament, to be reassured that the old and yet new things are true by the gospel and the real presence. We go to church, go to each other in the community of faith to be reassured that also these old and yet new things are true in us as well. Imperfectly, incompletely now to be sure but signals that winter is giving way to spring and darkness to light.